Talking Leafs podcast. Subscribe so you don't miss an episode on Spotify, SoundCloud, or Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Here's Nick D'Souza and Kevin Papetti. Welcome to the Everything Leafs Podcast. I'm Kevin Papetti here with Nick D'Souza as always. Today we have a trade deadline edition of the Everything Leafs Podcast. And we're recording Saturday early afternoon, so it's about 12.30 uh, Eastern Time. And we are hoping that we either get a, a trade during the podcast or on, I guess, Monday or Sunday, not directly after. So, Nick, what's your prediction in terms of when we see our first Leafs trade? I'm going to go with Debrincat to Toronto for uh, like a seventh in about 20 minutes, I'll say. Just as we get warmed up, that's what I'm expecting. Okay. I think, uh, well, you you had a can before, so you've been fairly optimistic on these on these trades. I I obviously don't, like obviously to break out's not happening, but yeah, there are quite a few. And McCann's not happening either now. There are quite a few, I guess, interesting ones like off the board picks that hopefully we can go through today. And and I, I'm curious, I guess you know, first and foremost, we haven't recorded in a while. Just where you're at in terms of the positional need. I think you look at this team right now, they could really upgrade anywhere. They could use a forward, especially for the second line. They could use a defenseman uh, for the top four. They could also use a goalie, given that Campbell's hurt, unless you're on the Shelgren bandwagon. Um, So I guess what's your biggest priority heading in? Well, I think it's still a forward. And I know that that's probably the least popular opinion right now. But when you look at it from a position standpoint, goalie... I mean, let's be real, Campbell and Mrazek haven't really instilled much confidence into this management and into the fan base in the past couple months. Um, Obviously, Campbell's injury kind of changes things, in my opinion. I do think that Campbell obviously could potentially bounce back. But now with, with health, you know, kind of being an issue, I would be okay if the Leafs picked a goalie, but it would have to kind of... I wouldn't want a rental just for this year because you never want to trade assets for a player that's that's going to play for you for two months if it's a goalie. Like goaltending, as we've seen year after year, is so unpredictable. Um, so if you're giving up assets and and let's say it's a flurry and you're giving up a first for Mark Andre Fleury and he comes here and he has a cold spell, that looks like an absolutely terrible deal. Even if he comes back and let's say Campbell comes back and he's nice and healthy and Fleury is now you know, not a starter, he's your backup by game one, well, you kind of gave up a first-round pick for nothing. So, to me, goalie, I think it's the riskiest. I don't envy Kyle Dubas at all for being in this situation um, right before the trade deadline. I think Chalgren, at this point, you know, I mean, obviously the sample size is small. He's played well his last two games. I don't think you can bank on him playing well for the rest of the season. But, I mean... You, you came into the season with him being like your fourth or fifth goalie and he's, you know, kind of giving you some good steady performances when the other goalies are either injured or not playing well at all. So I think in itself, you just kind of count your lucky stars there and keep playing him until, you know, if his luck does turn around or whatnot. Um, but to me, I think for the goalie, I would stay put unless you get someone with term that can help you in the future. Um do you want to talk about the goalies real quick, Kevin, and then we can kind of jump to defense and then forward? But, um, you know, I will explain. I, I do think it's still forward for me to answer your question. 
Yeah, so I think forward's probably more important than defense right now. Um, I think it sounds like they might go towards a defenseman, which I guess we'll see what the cost is and who the player is. But I think they 100% need a goalie. Um, I'm with you. I don't, I don't think I'd give up a first for Flurry. I don't think they're going to get a first for Flurry. Um, but I I have no faith that Peter Brasic in a playoff game right now. And Campbell, A, is hurt. B, hasn't played well. So I think you need another option there. Um, I wouldn't give up a first to do it unless it's a, a long-term solution. Um, but I do definitely want a goalie, whether it's, I mean, there's, there's four guys that really come to mind. Um, would you do a second for Flurry, Nick? No. No? No. I don't, I don't. I do a second for Flurry in a heartbeat. Um, I don't, I don't love the idea of, I know some of the, your other trade targets, like the ones that have term, like I would be yeah. okay with that. Um, or a guy like... But you're not getting them for a second, though. You're probably not getting them for a second, but at least you have... Like, Mrazic hopefully isn't here by next year, especially at 3.25. Yeah. At least you're getting that. It's them. more than that. It's 3.8. 3.8, yeah. So, you know, uh, ideally, he's not on the team next year and they're using that money for forwards or defense. Um, but at least, like, you're giving up something for more than... like like. Even Anton Forsberg, I think there's a higher chance of the Leafs re-signing him than Flurry per se. Like I, I don't know. I, I just don't. I don't know how it sits with me giving up even a second round pick for a guy that is only playing three months for you, and it's a goalie. I'm not too like Campbell. Campbell's injury definitely changed things for me, um, and just how bad Morazic's been. Like if if Campbell was healthy and he was still playing relatively bad, and Morazic was also healthy, which he is, and he was playing bad too. I probably would have been in the boat where it's like, just stay put, it's fine. The, the Campbell injury does change things a little bit for me because you don't even know if he's going to be 100% when he's back and whatnot. Um, I'm a little bit more open to trading for a goalie, but I still wouldn't do it for a rental. I, I just think, like, you only have one second-round pick this year. I do still want them to make an upgrade at defense or forward, more preferably forward. Like, like you can't give up, let's say, a second this year and then a first round pick this year also on like a forward or a defense if they get like a um, like a Lindholm or something like you can't draft once this this off season. So what's your plan if Campbell is injury is more severe than you think, or he reaggravates it, or he gets a separate injury, or he just sucks heading in the playoffs? What are you doing? <laughs> uh, quitting, quitting the job. But no, but yeah, uh, <laughs> you need a goalie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I still would kind of tend to go with someone with term if that's possible yeah agreed i think with any position i'm looking for term over rentals um so the four guys i have kind of um kind of highlighted there are other options like a georgiev but he hasn't had a great year i think they need someone who's had some level of success this season um rather than a reclamation project so the four guys um two established and then two with term that the established ones one's a rental one's not the rental being marc Andre Fleury. Um, I think, as you said, Nick, it is pretty risky if you're going to have a first. Um, I would give up a second in a heartbeat. I mean, they did it for Placanic and Boyle. I don't know why you couldn't do it for Fleury. Well, um, don't get started on those trades. For four, <laughs> well, even like a, a Kelly Yarncroke goes for a second in plus, right? So I think Fleury is easily worth a second, even a little bit more. Um, ideally, you get the term guy, but we'll stick with the rentals for now. Forsberg on Ottawa has been one of the best goalies for the last four months or so. 
in the National Hockey League. Uh, he has a rental. He makes under a million dollars. I think that's a move uh, that would make sense. I don't know if Ottawa wants to move him, but you know, it's it's kind of a situation where they either extend him or they let him walk for nothing if they're not going to trade him. They already have Murray for over six million. I'm not sure what Forsberg would want to sign, um, but he's been very good. So just getting a goalie that's performed very well as of late, over about four months now, uh, that's that just seems like a great fit. Uh, Anthony Stolarz is another. He's someone who uh, he has a 919 save percentage in 21 games. He was good last year in eight games. It's really only a 30 game track record of success, but he's under a million for next season. That's just huge for the off season. Um, you know. Every extra dollar you spend on goaltending, and they only spent about $6 million or so this year, uh, every extra dollar you spend is coming out of your forward defense budget. So that's that's why a guy like Stollers could make sense. He could compete this year and potentially be a cheap backup next year. It'd be very similar to the Jack Campbell trade. And then Simeon Barlamov, who has been kind of mediocre this year. He's only played about 19, 20 games, uh, but he was amazing last season. It's a $5 million cap hit for this season and next. He does... He would be, if you trade for him, he's your starter this year and next. So it is a solution. I don't know, you know, what you think of Varlamov, whether you think he's going to, you know, bounce back, whether you think he's he's more of like a 915 or a 910 guy. But those are the four options. I would like one. I think Varlamov is probably the bigger long shot just because it's, you know, Lule Morello, he's got term, he's got money. Um, I think, you know, Fleury makes sense, Forsberg makes sense, and Stolarz makes some degree of sense as well. Yeah, I like Stolarz there just because he has that term. Um, but it's it's such a tricky situation for the Leafs to be in right now because I know both you and I want them to make an impact on Ford. And, like, I just don't know how many assets you want to give up this season. And, I mean, obviously Tampa's all in right now. Florida's all in as well. You know, it's not like you're giving up. The Leafs are still a good team. I think that if they stayed put, I don't think it would instill much confidence, but I do think they'd be competitive in in a, in a very competitive Atlantic division. Like, it's a very good team. Um, they won't be if they don't get goaltending, though. Oh, for sure. For sure. I mean, like, that, that would be banking on Campbell It's a four-game series if, if Campbell and Mrazek play like this. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, you'd be banking that, that Campbell is coming back and can be like a 9 even like a 905-910. I think Flurry this year has been like a 908, right? Yeah, that's Chicago's defense. So give him a bit of a break there. He's at least has the track record. Like it, didn't he win the Vesna last year? Like I I do get the Flurry yeah. argument. That's why I wouldn't give up a first for him. I don't but know. Like I, you need I, I don't know how much there. I don't know how much I buy into the fact like uh, goaltending is better under better defenses to be honest or the opposite. Um like we like, there's really no correlation to that year to year, especially especially at five on five. So I don't know. Like I think goaltending is literally just voodoo. So I don't know about that. I, I think definitely like your ability to tie up sticks in front, your ability to, to generate more low danger chances rather than high danger chances. That's going to come into the save percentage. I think I think I, in theory, I, but I, I don't know if we see that in practice. Like from year to year, like you could even go to 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 natural stat geek. Um, we're not going to get into this too much, but and just literally look at the best defensive teams, and the goaltending usually does not really kind of follow that. Well, there's goaltending, like, there's defense, which is going to help your goaltender, and then there's also just goaltending, right? Like, I think goaltending year-to-year is pretty inconsistent, or right. at least the way we measure it. But, I mean, Fleury is better than Mrazek. I'm pretty comfortable saying that. Um, yeah, whether the way Mrazek's playing right now, for sure. 
well, even just career, Fleury's been better, and this year, and yeah. and then I just think you want a third option. Like they went out and got Riddich last year. Obviously, I'd aim a little bit higher than that. That move was ended up being a little bit pointless. But I, I don't think they have as strong as a duo as Anderson, uh, Anderson Campbell. Campbell. Yeah, I think now you you kind of need an insurance plan because if you're going in. You know, Morazic versus Vasilevsky in a playoff series. I think you're toast. Yeah. Um, you have to get go on a hell of a run in order to give you a chance. I think whether it's a Stolarz who's a couple years, whether it's a Forsberg, I'm in. Like, I'd even move a guy like Kerfoot to do it because uh, I just I just don't see a ton of surplus value on that contract. And you know, I want a forward as well. I'm interested in in multiple moves here, but I would like a goalie. Yeah, I think we're on the same page there. Like, I. I... The, the Campbell injury, I mean, obviously it changed for me once he got injured and, and the fact that there were some reports that maybe he's playing injured, like that changed things for sure. And the reality is he is injured right now. So, um, yeah, like I, I would be open to to getting a goalie too. I just don't want to see like multiple assets for a rental. That's pretty much my, where I'm standing right now. Yeah, I, like I don't want to do a first for a rental, especially yeah. like... But if it's a second, sure. If it's a second plus, maybe. Um, if you could do a first but get out of the Mrazic deal, I'd be interested. Um, I think there's options there. But Flurry, like, there's not too many teams looking for, for goaltenders either. If you look at, like, the just the contenders. I mean, most playoff teams have good goaltending. That's a big reason why they're in a playoff spot in the first place. There's a few teams that could maybe use an upgrade. I think uh, Vegas is one, though they're not even in the playoffs right now. So, um, you know, we'll, I don't know what they would do in terms of, you know, would Fleury want to go back there uh, after all that happened? Would they want a Forsberg? And then you have Minnesota, who has Talbot Kakinen, who's been okay. Um, and then you have... I mean, there's not really too many. Like, Washington has Vanacek, who's playing pretty well this year. They don't necessarily need a goalie. They could maybe use one. But there's really not too many teams that are in the market. So that's why I think maybe the price comes down on someone like Fleury. Um, and maybe the Leafs get them for a second or a second plus, like, a, a small piece. Um, but Forsberg would be great for the kind of the same reasons as Fleury, just because he's been so good for the last four months. Um, Starlars would be fine. Varlamov would be interesting because they're going to need a goalie in the offseason anyways. Why not do it now? Um, but I'm 100% in on a goalie. Like, I, I just – the way Campbell played against Detroit that one night. It's brutal. The way he's kind of played since the new year combined with the injury. If he's not rolling come playoff time, I have, like, zero confidence in this team right now, basically. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And, and I mean, the goaltending in the past since January pretty much – like everyone should have that opinion in terms of their confidence right now. Um, with goaltending, it's kind of you see it when you believe it. You believe it when you see it. Sorry, um, but that's a good point about the the competition in terms of assets. Like you see, sorry, in terms of trade targets. Like this yeah. year is pretty special because you already know in terms of you already know the eight teams that are going in the East. Um, it's been like that for about a month now. So not only does that mean that there's a lot of sellers in the league, but that also means that there's a lot of buyers that know that they're going to be getting a player and they're going to be going to the playoffs for sure. And I think 
I know that everyone was saying it's going to be a buyer's market. And so far we're seeing that it's a seller's market. And like Tampa, I do not, I, I don't think, um, I'm, now I'm blanking here, but um, the player that they traded. Brandon Hagel? Sorry, Hagel, yeah. So I, I don't think that he's worth that, you know, multiple picks and those prospects. But, I mean, if you're Tampa, you've already won two, two Stanley Cups. You're going for a third. You're going, you're kind of in, in that elite dynasty kind of conversation already like Stamkos isn't getting any younger he said that earlier this year um and you know that if Hagel doesn't go to your team then there's a high chance that they're going to go to the Leafs Tampa sorry Boston or Florida so for them it makes sense and then you were seeing with Manson the price was pretty steep um and then even last year like I know that the Foligno trade is kind of looked at negatively but at that point, Palmieri already went to the Islanders and Taylor Hall already went to Boston. And we know that Colorado, Vegas was also interested in Felino. Felino wanted to go to Toronto. They all offered first round picks and Felino decided uh, to go to Toronto and Columbus honored that since it was their captain. So, I mean, if, if the Leafs miss out on Felino and obviously he got injured and it didn't really work out, he had to play a little bit of center because Tavares got hurt in the playoffs as well. So obviously it didn't work out, but I mean, if the Leafs miss on Felino there um, and stand pat, then potentially we're looking at last year's trade di- trade deadline in an even worse way. So um, it's a good point about the goalies. Like there's really no other playoff team that's looking for a goalie right now. So hopefully that does drive the price down because if they do get a goalie and they don't really give up many assets, like I'm hundred percent on board with that. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what the Felino reference was to, but like they did have to, I did feel like they had to kind of go on last year, like make some sort of move, just given how weak the division was. I think this year the issue is if you don't get a goalie, you could potentially be just toast. Like if if Campbell doesn't bounce back, you're toast. Or if Campbell's injured, it seems like you're just completely toast right now. Like I I, I don't see them going on a long one with Mrazek. He has had good stretches before. He's fine to have around as number three. Um, but man, I'd have really no confidence in beating a Tampa or Florida with one of the, with Morazic right now, where I think a guy like Forsberg, someone who's, or even Flurry, you at least think you have a chance, even if you get outplayed a little bit, those guys could potentially win you a series. So it, whenever you're trading for a goalie, it's high risk, high reward, which is fine. But yeah, I think maybe the prices on a Hagel or, or Manson, every team needs forward help. Every team could use defense help. Not every team needs goaltending help, so I, I do think that the prices could end up being lower. And, you know, I'll give a Jay shout-out here. They just got Matt Chapman. I think it was a very similar situation where they needed a third baseman. Not many contenders needed a third baseman. And Oakland was selling a third baseman, and the price ended up being a little bit lower than you'd expect because it wasn't really a bidding war. And I could see that happening with goaltending. So I guess my perspective would be, you know, I'm interested in Fleury if it's if it's less than a first. Um, I'm interested in, in Anton Forsberg for less than a first. And then, you know, Stolarz. The, the only thing I didn't realize about Stolarz is I was, I was doing my research on him is he got suspended in junior for slashing Josh Hosang. He got like an eight-game suspension, <laughs> slashing him up high or something. Like it was like a little bit vicious. So I got to maybe do, if I'm trading for him, I want to do my homework on him. Um, I'm not too sure what the, what he's like, but, um, 
I think those are the four options. I think I'd probably ask about all four and take the best take the best deal. Obviously, you're you're willing to pay a little bit more for someone with term. Um, you'd be probably willing to pay a little bit more for obviously the goalie that you think is best. But you do have four options. I think you you call on all of them and you try to make the best move. That's what that's what I would be doing in terms of goaltending. Yeah, I mean the Stolarz thing doesn't really bother me too much. I mean we've had Scott Sabrin and Austin Matthews in the same organization after that, so uh, hopefully they can get over that. Yeah. But um, let's talk about some of the defense because I know that you know there's been so many polls this past week or even this past month about uh, what the Leafs need and usually on Twitter the the number one need that the Leafs have had and even when you look at the past bajillion years it's always been defense um and it looks like the Leafs might that might be their number one target based on all of the insiders so let's talk let's start with Giordano here so I think Giordano like the age obviously he's up in age but he's still a pretty good player plays on the left side. He has a history of with uh, TJ Brody uh, from 2017-2018 to the last year that they played together. They were above 55% in terms of expected goals. They played top competition. Um, their their offensive zone stars were just around 40, 48%. So like they've been a good pairing for a while. I'm sure that if Giordano did come to the Leafs, they'd have multiple options, including Brody and Giordano to play together. That would probably work. Um, what's your opinion on it? I, I, to me, a lot of it depends on Jake Muzzin and if he's coming before the playoffs. Yeah, it, I, I think it definitely depends on Jake Muzzin. Um, not just if he's coming before the playoffs, but what you're expecting to get out of him. Um, he obviously is coming off two concussions here, and even before that, like at the start of the year, he was terrible. So I think it is it is a big indication of, of what they think of Muzzin. Just like... I do think that if they get a goalie, it'll be a big indication of what they think of Campbell Mrazek. Um, I, I do think that Giordano is obviously 38. He's a little bit on the older end. Um, right. I take him, but to give up, you know, if it's a second, maybe. Um, but again, like, you're probably scratching Sandine, right? That's, that'd be my guess. Potentially. I, I kind of envisioned it being Giordano, Brody, Labushkin, Riley, and then Muzzin, Sandine, Sandine on the right side. That's I don't know. I mean. Like Sandine's been had two games on the right side. He looked awful in one. So Yeah. I don't know. That if was it's... also top four though, right? Like he's he hasn't looked that bad on the right side on the third pairing. It's been two it's been yeah, he's played like three games. Like Yeah. He played a little bit last year too. But yeah, no, I know what you mean. But Justin Hall is actually on the right side and so is Lilligren. Right. So I, I think Sandine comes out there, would be my guess. Um and you know, Sandine, whether it someone decent's coming out of the lineup, whether it's Sandine, Lilligren, or or Hall, they're all NHL defensemen. So right. you know, just throwing numbers out there, like it's more of a baseball reference, but like goals above replacement or wins above replacement, like if if you if you go out and get someone who's a two war player, but they're replacing a one and a half war player, you're only getting half a win better, kind of thing, right? Like it's only a marginal increase. That's my concern with getting a defenseman. I do mm-hmm. think that if you get Giordano cheap enough, I'd be fine with scratching a Sandine or a Lilligren Hall, depending on you know maybe how Sandine looks on the right side, for example. But 
I do think that you could use another top four guy. So if you're not too confident, if you're not too comfortable with Muzzin in the top four, whether it's injury related or performance related, you know, I, I think a Giordano or a DeHaan or, you know, Lindholm seems too expensive, but potentially him, those guys would be upgrades. Um, they'd help. But I, I do think that forward is, is definitely a bigger need. Like, the team could improve defensively by getting the right forward. Um, yeah. They are a lot better when Matthews or Camper on the ice versus their second or fourth line. So I do think that's a, a pretty big glaring need. I hope they go the forward route, but it sounds like they're going to go the defense route. This is something that you and I harp on quite a bit. Like, I think sometimes we get kind of caught up in the defense and forward. Like, If your team doesn't have the puck, the three forwards have to play defense, period. Um, like, there's five guys on the ice. So, like, the Leafs are a better defensive team when David Camp is on the ice, regardless of what his position is. So, I agree. Like, I, I think the Leafs could potentially get better by adding a forward that could get better defensively as well, um, especially if it's a stud forward. But, yeah, going back to the defense, I think it would be kind of need-based in terms of, yes, I do agree, like, scratching Sandine. You know, you and I are obviously huge fans of Sandine. Scratching Sandine would not be ideal. I do think that you want him on your third pair in some capacity just because of how much value he brings that third pair, um, especially against when, when you're playing Tampa or, or Florida. Like, you need to win those depth minutes. But I do think if they do get Giordano, yeah, that does tell us a lot about Muzzin because obviously Muzzin provides something for the Leafs that they really don't have on that left side. Morgan Riley does play important minutes, but I would much rather have Muzzin on the ice when you're defending a lead um, and in the defensive zone than Morgan Riley. So I think that's someone like Giordano could definitely fill that role. Um, so I think it'd be very need based, like filling that top four def like defensive defenseman type thing, like that shutdown role. Mm -hmm. um, so, but again, like you're not going to give up this year's first and then like make a splash for another forward. So I, I think at this point, especially since goaltending now might be something that they're buying. So I think they do need to choose between forward and defense. Um, I'm trying to think of any other of the big targets. Lindholm is there. I, I've liked Lindholm for a few years now. I think he's a really good player. Um, especially in his first couple of years, he was really, really good. But same thing. I think when it comes to Lindholm, it just comes down to price. I think with Giordano, it sounds like he wants to come play for Toronto. Seattle's in a spot where they're obviously going to be selling. So I think the price might be lower with Giordano than it would be for Lindholm. So that's why, I mean, I just think the price for Lindholm is going to be pretty high. Do you uh, do you agree? Like, do you feel like... For me, I think Giordano just makes more sense at this point because the price will be lower. Yeah, I don't want to give a first for a rental, any rental. Um, the exception yeah. would just be if... I do it for Fleury if they're going to take Morasic back, um, but other than that, that's not really a rental though, right? Like that's like a contract right. dump plus rental. So yeah, I, I I don't really have. I like Lindholm. I can see why he'd be their top target because he's a great player. But for a first, when you're going to be facing Tampa or Florida, and when you're not going to be able to resign him, and when um, you know you you don't even have, you have major goaltending questions, I just don't think it makes sense. Um, yeah, Giordano for a second or something makes more sense, assuming they retain. Um, Calvin DeHaan would also make sense for me. 
given that he can kind of play both sides. Um, but I do think that uh, in that situation, you'd probably be scratching a Sandine or a Lilligren. I'd be okay with that. Like, I don't think either's... Nick, neither's proven to be a, a solid top four guy. And, you know, in that situation, Muzzin's probably your third pairing guy. So you're expecting pretty good results with Muzzin there. Um, but, yeah, like, I, I do think there's a probably a, a bigger hole at forward, but you could certainly upgrade on, on defense. I think pretty much any team could upgrade on defense, right? So, yeah, always and, worth any exploring. Team can, exactly. Like, and any team can also upgrade at forward. And I think one thing that we see is that, you know, like the Leafs forward, like you look at Florida right now, in terms of expected goals, they're first place per 60 at five on five. Um, in terms of goals scored, they're also first place. And when you look at them, like, they're looking to add Claude Giroux right now. Um, obviously, they just added Ben Chirot, which obviously I'm sure both of you and I have some questions about. But regardless, like they're still looking to add more at forward, even though they're the best offensive team in the league. And I'm pretty sure I saw a stat that they're like one of the best offensive teams. It's like in conversation in history or something, statistically. I'm not sure if that was because of expected goals or regular goals. But regardless, they're elite in the league in both of them. Um, and they're still looking to add it forward. So I think just because the Leafs offense is top five in the league doesn't mean that they can't improve in that area. And I think when it comes to forward, um, that second line, they're getting a ton of offensive zone starts and they're not really dominating play like they should um, when you look at their usage. And you need Tavares and Nylander to be producing in the playoffs against good teams like Tampa and Florida, if you want to get to the next round, you can't just rely on, you know, a very good line in their Matthews line, plus the camp line's been really good. So I just think the trickle-down effect also of adding a forward, like a, a good top six forward, it makes that fourth line just so much better. Like if you can if you can get a top six forward and have them play with Tavares Nylander, and you have Engvall, Kampf, and Mikheyev as your third line, which has really good results... And you have a fourth line of like Spezza, Kasha, and Kerfoot. Like you're laughing. That's a great fourth line. So yeah. I just think the t- trickle down effect is amazing. You solve two issues at once, which right now is your second and fourth line for the Leafs. Um, and potentially you get better defensively if you get a player that's uh, responsible in their own end. Yeah, I think the second line is really the key. A for scoring and, and adding offense, because um, it might be a track need if you're up against Tampa or Florida you're going to need that line to score um, mm-hmm. the other is just winning their minutes like the, that second line has been bad defensively all year um, I do think you need someone um, you could aim high even if you get someone lower fine but I do think you I want to add some sort of ad um, you know you look at the Matthews line how successful they've been they're going to go up against like Barkov or Sorelli come playoff time it's going to it's not that they won't score but they're going to have their work cut out for them. It's going to be very difficult. Um, so if, if that line does get shut down, at least to some degree, you're going to need scoring from elsewhere. And the camp line is, is very good, but they're not that you can't really rely on them offensively. Fourth line hasn't done really anything offensively so far. And the second line, like I don't trust Tavares and Elander to, to rack up points against a good team right now. I just don't. So, whether you go kind of swing for the fences or you kind of make a smaller trade that kind of knocks everyone down the depth chart, I think there's options there. Um, 
I do think that the Nylander Tavares Cash line we'll see. They're going to play tonight against Nashville. I think it's fine. I, I ideally want Nylander on his on his right side. Uh, but let's go through some of the names here, Nick. Um, yeah. I think on on defense, we think it would be a Dahan or a Giordano. Uh, Manson already got moved. Lindholm's probably too expensive. I think we'd be interested in term guys, whether it's a Chikorin, a Demello, a Susie, but they're probably long shots. Forward, there's I, I want to say. You know, it's not the best best market. I think there's more term options than there are on defense, but um, uh, kind of the, the lower-end guys, I mean, I don't think they're getting Drew. Hurdle just extended. Uh, Vladislav Domestikov might be okay. Um, that's probably a, a pretty cheap trade if you're going to do it. Uh, Jordan, right. And then uh, I don't, I'm not a big fan of Raquel. Like, he's not really great defensively. I don't know if that's yeah, really right. what they need. So I'd go kind of under the radar, whether it be, well, if I'm going to swing big, I really like Connor Garland. I wrote about him. He's got like the same numbers as Nylander, um, just from like a goals perspective, primary assist perspective, takeaways, like goals above replacement. Um, that's the guy I'd, I'd be completely in on who has term and makes under $5 million. Um, The cheaper guy I like is Rudolph Balsers. He's completely under the radar. Uh, he's on San Jose. He'd be kind of like a, a Hagel light. And then even Comtois on Anaheim, I think, is kind of interesting as a, as a reclamation project. Yeah, I think um, I think we're on the same page there. I, the forwards are kind of interesting because it, it kind of looks like there's like the Giroux who's going to be a rental. Like I, I think that is going to happen in terms of him going to Florida. Um, I love Connor Garland as well when we look at the term guys. Uh, Terry Lekkonen's another one. I don't know if that's really the type of player that the Leafs would want at this point. Like, I want a guy that's going to come in. And Lekkonen's very good. Uh, very good underlying numbers. Um, but, like, I want a guy that's going to score. I, I do think that you can use a guy that's on the second power play. That can play with Tavares Nylander. I want a guy that can be a good puck carrier because we've seen guys like Kerfoot uh, come onto that line who's a very good puck carrier and really help that line, especially at, with Tavares at this point of his career. So... I don't know if Lekkonen's kind of, you know, too enticing to me. Well, I'd take him in uh, a second, but they're going to want a first-round pick for him, it sounds like. Yeah, and then exactly. you're going to have to give him a raise in the offseason, which I don't know if they'll be able to afford. So that's the only reason I don't like the Lekkonen fit is he's an RFA and it's going to be expensive. I'd try I'm to find try someone to th- a bit cheaper. I'm trying to think of others. Like I know we've talked about Andreas Janssen before. Yep. Uh, he has one more year on his contract. At least there you know... Like you're not going to have any chemistry issues. Like Nylander and Janssen have a pretty big track record playing together. You can do Nylander. You can you can do a lot. Like he's played with Tavares before. He's played. We know Janssen, Matthews, Nylander was a fantastic line. If they did want to give uh, Tavares, Mitch Marner, and Bunting, which we saw the other day, which was really good. Yeah. Um, thing with Janssen, three point three point four. Do you really want to trade back for him? You're obviously going to, it's going to be a larger. Well, it's going to be retention. No. They're not getting out with that retention, but... Um, yeah, and you're going to be trading more than what, uh, what, what, they gave, what they got back when they traded them in the first place. I don't know if they really care about the optics. I don't think they should care. But it's going to be se, different. Like, it's going to be... You're going to get Janssen for 1.7 versus 3.4. So the package right. has to be more. Yeah. No, I'm just saying, like, people are definitely going to be looking at it. Like, let's say they give up... 
anything, anything more. It's going to be more than what they what they got back from him last time. Like people are going to say, oh well, like well, this who is cares? bad. Who cares? It doesn't matter. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, it really doesn't matter. Um, they're trying to win hockey games, but the other one is Debrincat. I think <laughs> that was a, a rumor yesterday. I think if you're Chicago, like you saw what you just got for Brandon Hagel, and like why would you not try to see what the market is for Patrick Kane and and uh, Debrincat? I think it's a long shot for the Leafs. I know that obviously they had, there were rumors that they were thinking of drafting him um, before during the draft year, and Dubis was on board, uh, kind of pushing it. No, so I don't know about that. But I don't think that's happening. But yeah, that's we'll not see. happening. He makes too much. They're not. They can't afford six point four unless they're going to trade Neilander or something. Yeah, or they get double retention, which regardless, is not going to happen. Yeah, the breakout with double retention. Good luck. Yeah, you are paying but, through the nose at that point. <laughs> especially after Hagel. Yeah, so I don't even know. It's going to be an NBA like trade, like six first rounders or something like that. <laughs> they are trading. It does sound like they're going to trade Travis Dermott. We've kind of gone over this a few times where I thought he was going to get traded in the off season. Um, you know, he's a player who wasn't protected in the expansion draft, and then it, it was rumored they went after that that hack and paw who signed with Dallas. And you know, you're just kind of doing the math. Like you knew, kind of, Sandine Lilligren were going to be in the picture. You knew Justin Hall got protected. You kind of knew that Dermot was on the outside looking in. Um, he's a player with some some trade value, I would think. I think he's an NHL defenseman. He makes about one point five. So a, a Dermot for Balser's trade would be cool, like just to go get him forward. I don't know if you'd put Dermot in a bigger trade for for like a goalie or or a defenseman instead of giving up a pick. That could work. Um, but I do think that I, I, in an ideal world, you upgrade all three. But I guess on my, if I had to pick two, I would keep the defense as is and go with forward goaltending. The other thing I'll say about the defense, Nick, is Brody Hall's actually been had pretty good results lately. Like that's almost the new that's almost the new Muzzin Hall pairing. Um, I think that the disadvantage is that you can't play Brody with Riley, but Labushkin's looked okay with Riley. So um, I, I think this defense without Muzzin is is okay, not perfect, but okay. Um, I do think that second line is kind of driving me nuts right now. That's 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 driving me more nuts than the defense at, at this point. Yeah, I mean, if I had to rank it, I think goaltending right now is number one, and then two easily is that second line, and then three would be the fourth line. So that's why I'm kind of still on board with the forward. I don't know, like Justin Hall's had pretty good results for the most part this year. It's just it's just the mistakes he makes are obviously glaring. Um, so, well, it was a slow start. He's been pretty good since Muzzin got hurt. I don't know if that's a coincidence or just he had a bad start himself, but it's going to be interesting to see how Muzzin looks when he gets back because that's a huge X factor for them, right? Like, if he's back to his old self, they're going to be pretty good defensively, even if they don't get someone. And if he continues to struggle, he's almost a healthy scratch. Like, I'd almost want Sandin in over him or Lilligren over him. So he's going to be an X factor. How about the, the, the top six? Because... Tavares, Marner, Bunting has looked pretty good over the two games. Um, I don't know. I would have kept them together. I don't know if Keith wanted to go back to Matthews just to, just for a couple games or something. And, and but I would I would give that a longer run. Um, we know Nylander, Matthews can have success. I know the Bunting, Matthews, Marner line has been one of the best in hockey this year, and it's tough to break them up. But you can't be a one line team come playoff time. You just can't. Not when you're going up against Barkov and Sorelli. Um, those guys are going to be glued to Matthews. 
So I wouldn't mind trying a Tavares bunting Marner line a little bit longer, and then see what Matthews can do with Nylander. Like uh, maybe we'll see what happens after the deadline if they get anyone. If that changes the equation, but. I'm open to that. Yeah, I'm definitely open to experimenting at this point of the season. Like, you know you're going to be making the playoffs. Come playoff time, like, if the playoffs started tomorrow, I would 100% go with Matthews, Marner, Bunting. I think that line's just been too good. Um, and, yes, they're, they do look like a one-line team. I do think the third line's great, but like you said, you can't trust them offensively. Um, but there is a high... Not a high chance, but there is a chance that if you do go and you split Matthews and Marner to get apart and you give Tavares, Bunting, and Marner, like, you could go from a one-line team to a no-line team. Um, so that's kind of the thing that I'd be scared of. Like, if you have one line that's producing as one of the best lines in hockey, I just wouldn't touch it. Um, they do have options, like, in terms of giving maybe Kerfoot. Obviously, they didn't have very good expected um, goals for them, but... They were producing for, for much of the season before kind of the shooting luck caught them, kind of came back to bite them. But I don't know. I'm, I'm really intrigued with putting Nylander on the left side right now and trying Cash on that top six. Um, I think Cash has been excellent this year. I do want to see him kind of, especially if they're not going to get a forward, like I want to see Cash... Uh, elevate that second line and, and kind of bring them back to what they were last year with like even a Galchenyuk because I think Cash is easily a better player than Galchenyuk um so that's what I'd like to see like especially if they're not going to get a forward at the at the deadline I would keep that bunting Marner Matthews line uh come playoff time and then put Cash up there yeah I, I guess I'd experiment with Tavares bunting Marner see how it works see how Matthews does a Nylander and then kind of make a decision from there um but if playoffs start today, yeah, maybe you want to keep Matthews, Bunting, Marner together, at least to start the series, uh, just because, you you know, they've played together for like 99% of the season. Uh, I agree with you. If they don't get a forward, I'd, I'd take Cash in the top six. I mean, he gets more minutes than – he's not going to play the third line right now based on how well they're playing. So I'd, I'd prefer him to play more minutes on the second line compared to the fourth. But where are you at with Kerfoot? Would you consider moving Kerfoot in the right deal? I know he's he's a valuable player for them. He could shift over to center if needed. He could kill penalties. Um, he's kind of racked up some 5-on-5 five five points this year. But he does make 3.5. They didn't protect him in the expansion draft. Is that someone you'd consider moving for like a better forward or the right goalie or even the right defenseman? The player would have to be pretty good for me. Um, like I, I don't think Kerf, like I do think Kerfoot has value to the team in terms of trade value. I don't know if he has that much because that contract, but like he's still a valuable player to this team. He's been a pretty good five on five producer this year. He can play center. He can penalty kill. He can literally play on all four lines if you need him to. Um, he's a good puck carrier. So I, I think there is some like the player. If if it's a forward, for example, like the player would have to be quite a bit better than him to to move that. Um, because like I love Kerfoot on that fourth line. The third line's been pretty good when he's there. Um, so I don't know. I'm, I, I wouldn't say I'm eager to trade him. Like I don't think he's a negative asset to the team or anything like that. No, I definitely like him on the fourth line. Like he could drive that fourth line. Um, I haven't, I haven't loved him with Tavares. I think the third line has better options. So it is a three and a half million dollar fourth line player. You expect him to drive that line. Um, 
But if you can upgrade elsewhere and you're going to hurt your fourth line to do it, I, I would do it. Um, I, I think I'm in the same boat as you. It has to be a pretty big difference maker in order to, to move him. I do think they'll probably move him. At, I do think they'll probably move him in the offseason, though, because they'll probably need the cash base. But for now, he's he's a nice luxury to have. But I guess I'd call him a, a luxury. Yeah, I think you uh, you kind of hit there. Like at this point in the season, having a three point five million dollar player on your fourth line. I know we've talked about this before. Like that should not be a problem. Uh, at this point in the season, you are looking to have the best possible hockey team that you can. Um, and then in terms of in the offseason, then you look at Kerfoot as a player and say, okay, should we have a $3.5 million player on our fourth line right now? Probably not. Okay, then we can look at trading him. But unless you're really getting better for this season, I, I probably wouldn't trade Kerfoot. Yeah, you're not selling. But um, if you do need cap space, he's probably the guy right now, unless you can get out of Mrazek for a fair price. But I don't know if you can. What do you think of just a couple more questions here before you wrap up? What do you think of Connor Garland? Because I did write about him. Um, he probably would take quite a bit. I know you like him, mm-hmm. but it it does because he has term and because he makes close to five million. You would have implications of the off season, so you'd have to go either really cheap in terms of depth defensemen and goaltending. So like a Stolarz who makes under a million, um, you have to really cut costs basically. Trade Kerfoot, um, or you could potentially look at trading a Nylander Marner in the offseason based on, you know, I know how they play in the playoffs or how they do down the stretch. Um, Garland basically has the exact same numbers as Nylander, but has more term and it costs two million less. And then Marner, obviously, like, I think Marner's had such a great year, but if, if, if Marner were to put up like a zero in the playoffs again, maybe you at least want to consider it given what he makes. So, what do you think of that option? I'm not saying you have to trade one of the big two, but it at least gives you the option, the flexibility. Um, and the other option would be you just go cheap everywhere else. Yeah, I, I love Garland, first of all. Um, and I love that contract that he's on. I think that he's going to overperform on that. But I don't know. Like, I think if you have a chance to get Garland in this offseason, I'm sorry, at the trade deadline, and it's for a price that you feel that it's not too expensive or not like a Brandon Hagel type package, I, th- I think you take it. And then you just figure out the rest later. Like, I I don't know. Like, the offseason's long. Um, they've been pretty good at at finding, like, good value players like uh, Andre Kasha, David Camp, obviously Bunting. Um, and then the other big thing that I think management needs to start to think about is they're going to start getting ELC help. Like, they already have Sandin and Lilligren helping the the team obviously I guess we'll talk about Nyes a little bit uh in a bit but like they have Nyes, Abrazizi, hopefully Robertson coming up in the next few years like they're gonna have ELC help which they really haven't had in the last couple years kind of but they're gonna have less ELC help by by acquiring Garland that's the only thing in terms of they'll still they'll still have like they're gonna have to give up to get Garland right right of course of course yeah uh, no, what I'm saying is like they're gonna have more ELC help than they've had in the past couple years, especially in the last two, three years, because um, it's really just been Sandine that's really been yeah, on the ELCs. But... Robertson's hardly played. Lilligren just started playing this year. Like they had, we both know they had terrible drafts from from 2014 to 2017, and they virtually had zero ELC help from that. And like their prospects are gonna come up. You obviously don't want to bank on that, but like Robertson's gonna be in the kind lineup. of. Soon. 
Well, I think Robertson's gone if it's a Garland trade. But yeah, I think the problem is, is you have Jack Campbell for less than two million, which you have to replace. It's going to be very difficult too. And then you have Bunting for just one more year. Spets has been on a great contract, and Kasha's going to need a raise, and probably Engvall's going to need a raise. You just gave Riley two and a half, so they're going to need the ELC help either way. Right. I still think but if I you still do get Garland, I, get, I would I would take it. Yeah, I, I think you take it if it's a right deal, and then you either you trade you could trade Garland in the off season. You could flip him. Um, you could trade Nylander because Garland kind of fits his role for less and for longer. Or you could look into trading Marner, which I don't think they'll do. But if he has a terrible playoffs or something, maybe they want to. So I, I think Garland's one of my top targets. Um, I also like like a Johan Larson just as like a, a depth piece. Um, and then I wouldn't mind, you know, uh, uh, I think Balsers is getting underrated. Comtal would be interesting. Roslovic would be interesting. And uh, on, on the defensive end, I think it's going to be kind of chalk. I think it's going to be Giordano DeHaan. But like a Susie I've talked about, DeMello would be cool, someone like that. But I, I, I feel like they're going to kind of, I feel, I feel like it's going to be a more boring deadline than maybe we'd like. So let's get a quick prediction. What do you think they're going to do? Or what do you think, think happens? I think Giordano. Giordano. Okay. And then no goalie or goalie? I'll say I actually think they might get Flurry. Like I don't know where else Flurry's gonna go, right? Like hmm. if it's not a first, I think they might get Flurry. That would be interesting. I'm gonna go. I think Giordano too. I think it just seems kind of obvious at this point, especially if he wants to come to Toronto. Um, I think they'll wait till Monday though. But I'll say Giordano. I don't know about the goalies. I'm so. I'm so. I'll say Anton Forsberg, I guess. Well, they're trading Dermot. Like, I wonder if a Stolarz makes sense because Anaheim's going to be trading Lindholm and Banson, right? Right, exactly. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, I mean, in terms of the Dermot trade, I just hope that they don't, they get like, some sort of value for him coming back and something yeah. useful. I, I don't know. I, I think, like, I think about, like, the Levo trade when, when Dubis was trying to do Levo a, a favor and... Like Michael Carconi was pretty good actually, but he didn't really help the Leafs. He wasn't involved in that big trade, so maybe he did a little bit. But um, quick question though, because I think it was Elliot Friedman in Thirty Two Thoughts was saying that the Leafs are interested in bringing Matt Nyes and Nick Abrazisi onto the team this year. You know, we both have watched. You've watched Nyes a lot more than I have. I've been watching Abrazisi quite a bit this year. Where do you see them fitting in in this organization right now? In terms of playing, playing so, this year. Yeah, so I think with Abruzzese, you do have a bit of a concern about signing him um, because with the college for ages, they can just kind of walk anywhere, as we've seen kind of in the past, whether it be, uh, you know, Adam Fox is the big example that came to mind. But I'm fine with playing them. Once their seasons are over, I, I don't think you bank on them doing anything. Like, you basically treat them like AHL players. Um, you bring them in, you see what they could do, you give them a, maybe a couple games tryout, and then kind of go from there. If, if they're great, it's a bonus. If they're not, um, you know, you don't worry. I think Nice is obviously the player that kind of stands out more, given that he is bigger, more powerful. Um, 
you know, he seems probably a little bit more NHL ready than Eberzizi. You might want to figure it out at the AHL level first. That'd be my guess. Um, can Nyes help the fourth line? Maybe. Could he help even the second line? In an ideal world, yes. He's definitely an interesting prospect. He's got a lot going for him, but you know, going into a playoff series with adding a rookie, it is there are some questions there. So I, I don't think you bank on them doing anything. I definitely think they could help the fourth line potentially, but I'm not gonna, you know, guarantee anything until we see it. And just because the NHL is so different than than college hockey, obviously. Yeah, and the other thing is, I think it'd be cool to see, especially Nyes. I think Nyes is just a better player right now, but. I think it'd be cool to see him on the fourth line. But like you said, I think you try it out because at the end of the day, they're still competing with other players. And the Leafs' number one concern should be icing the best team come playoff time. Um, and maybe Nyes and Nabrazizi are a part of that. But, I mean, they still have other options that are there. Like, like would you scratch... Let's say they do trade for a forward, like a top six forward. Like, would you scratch Jason Spezza for Matt Nyes? Sure. Potentially, like, like if 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 he is better, um, the question is, is he better than like a Jason Spezza? Like, he's definitely not better than like an Andre Kasha, for example. But I guess we'll we'll have to wait and see. It's cool to see. It's cool to see, especially a prospect that they drafted last year in the second round already. Kind of, you know, them considering playing him this early. I think that's a good sign. Um, so definitely, there's no negatives to take out of that. Yeah, I mean, it happened with Robertson. He didn't really amount to much, but scored a big goal. Though I'm not, I'm not opposed to to trying it. Yeah, even Robertson now, I don't know if I want in the playoff lineup. So, um, we'll get out of here in a sec. What was your prediction just before we we get out of here? I'll go Giordano, and I'll say that they, I'll say that they get Anton Forsberg for like a, I don't even know, like a second, and maybe Dermot. Okay, I would like that. Yeah. Yours probably makes more sense than mine because Flurry Giordano is tough to do cap wise, um, but I think it's, I think it's one of Giordano Flurry. That's my guess. Yeah, and would you be happy with that? With one of them? With, let's say that your your prediction comes true, so they get Giordano, they get Flurry for around what those. Yeah, but how are they were? fitting that in cap wise? That's the only question. Yeah, I mean, like if it was Forsberg that- and and Giordano, like I think they're they're definitely a better team than before the deadline. Um, my big question would be, they got to figure out that second line. Yeah, yeah. I I think maybe a, a Dermot goes for like a Balsers or someone like under under the radar that can maybe help them a little bit. Um, that would be cool. So that's my hope. You, you you do Dermot for like a good underrated forward, and then you go out and get in my ideal world like getting a Forsberg or a Flurry. So that's what I'm hoping for. We'll see what happens. We'll see if it, hopefully it works out better than last year's trade deadline. But thanks everyone for listening and we'll see everyone after the trade deadline.